This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything going on gambling associated, of course, with UFC Fight Night. It should be a pretty good main event. Amanda Lemos is going to take on Jessica Andrade in a battle of Brazil at 115 pounds. Going to have Lou Finnecaro, Jordan Sherwood, and Reed Kuhn join us throughout the next hour to break this down and see if we can find some potential winners and good spots for you to get in on this betting card here. But the man who sets the numbers and does an amazing job of it each and every week right here at Circus Sportsbook is Nick Kalikas and is kind enough to join us now once again in studio. Nick, great to have you back on. You know, I always marvel when I look at how you try to set these numbers. And when you have somebody like Jessica Andrade, who's a former champion in this weight class at 115, coming back down from 25, which she had a lot of success at 125 pounds, now taking on her countrywoman here in Amanda Lemos, I've seen this number go up, it feels like, as we're getting closer and closer to fight night tomorrow night, over $2. What did you initially set the number at, and where is the money come in for you? Our line was around minus 150, minus 160. The line originally opened, I think, market-wide around minus 200. The action came in on Lemos early on, and now we're seeing the line, like you said, float up. But we did receive some decent action, uh, max limit bets, and then some sharp action as well on Andrade. That's why we're where we're at. We're around 200-ish, and the market is climbing over 200. There's 220s out there, I believe, right now at the moment as well. It's, it's fascinating, too, because I think a lot of people just assume Andrade is the champ, the former champ, the, the veteran. She's four years younger then the country woman here in Amanda Lemos uh, coming in here. Now, of course, you're going to have some range issues here, about three inches uh, in, in height, uh, at least in reach differential here as well. So there are some advantages in three inches for the height, three inches for the reach for Lemos. Do you think you're going to see more action come in on, on the uh, underdog here? Or like you said, you've kind of been seeing that two-way early on in Lemos and now coming in on Andrade. Yeah, I think we're going to see a couple sharp bombs come in late, honestly, right before post on the dog here because the line keeps on floating up. And I think it, she's going to be the public side. So it's not only going to be the sharp side with the Andrade, but there's going to be a lot of public betters that want to better as well because they're not going to be familiar as familiar with the Lemos side of mm-hmm. things, right? So they're saying, oh, man, the quality, like you said, Andrade, so far throughout her UFC career, she's performed at such a high level, former champion, 
competed at multiple weight class, has wins in multiple weight classes as well, now coming back down to 115. So she's kind of more of a household name than Lemos is, right? So the public will be on that side. The parlays will be coming in on her as well. There's going to be some sharp action, though, coming back and taking Lemos right before post. I guarantee it. Again, I'm very glad because I, I like to think that Las Vegas is not just the fight capital of the world. I think it might be the sports capital of the world here in short order. So, But could you imagine if this fight was in Brazil? Because, again, I go Ooh. back to Andrade with, with the slam heard around the MMA world when she took the title for Rose Namajunas. So that's going to be interesting. I guess it will be a little bit muted uh, in Las Vegas versus Brazil. I just wonder if that would change people's perception of that fight. I've been looking at the uh, the total here. Three and a half is what I've seen pretty much market-wide on this fight. Are you seeing money come in on the over and again five-round a non-title fight here, but it still is a main event. It is. It's coming more in on the over than the under right now, which I kind of don't agree with because I think, <laughs> I mean, five rounds again, in a title fight, in a situation like this, and a lot of times the ladies are so durable and they bring it, they can definitely withstand and go five rounds, no problem. So in a typical situation, I'd say, oh man, take the over. There's no no shot that right. it's going under, but you got so much finishing ability here and there's so many question marks surrounding the limo side of things. Like we know Andrade can go five rounds. We know she's her oh, pace or cardio conditioning is going to be on point, right? We have seen Lemos fade as the fight progresses a little bit, right? So she's a different fighter in round three as she is in round two and round one. And this is a five-round fight. So there's the question marks on the Lemo side. That's why it's, I think it's intriguing for me to like the under and the fight does not go the distance a little bit more because once it gets into round four, round five, I mean, if somebody hasn't been finished already because I think there's an early shot of finish here as well then something's going to give late. I'm right there with you, Nick. I, I see it the same way. And again, I do think that for people new to the space, they might say, well, 115 pounders, there's not going to be, be a lot of power. Oh, Jessica Andrade can hit you with that two-piece like she did Carolina Kovacavich back in the day and end this thing very quickly. And again, the slam, like we mentioned, with Rose Namajunas in this weight class. So she has finishing potential at 115 pounds. I'm intrigued when I see that you can get Lemos plus almost 260, I believe, win by decision, or... Uh, excuse me, win by finish, or Andrade plus money, win by finish. That's only a plus $1.30. If you are in, in that same camp that I am, that we think this fight might get stopped here, do you expect to see money coming in these ways, depending on which fighter you might like? Yes, I, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the, the props are already getting hit on some of those sides as, already, and, and there's going to be more loaded up on that. But again, the people are going to try to scoop up the you know perceived value on the over or, or maybe for the fight going to decision once the other lines get bet into. Because again, our whole percentage is pretty good at Circa. We hold about... 15% on average. A lot of the market is like 20, 25, 30% mm. out there. So we do adjust the numbers. So if somebody comes in and hits inside the distance or for example, KO or whatnot, on, we're going to adjust the submission. We're going to adjust the decision. So the other numbers start to have a little bit more value where a lot of places kind of just leave their numbers stale. They'll move the one price and then the hold kind of climbs a little bit. So with the adjustments being made, then there's other opportunities that open up and betters will bet it. Uh, I love it. And again, that's how you got to, once you see where some of these big wagers come in, and it's going to adjust those numbers. So if you like those numbers, you might want to get them now because they are going to change before we get to fight night. Let's stay with the ladies here very quickly because Macy Barber, of course, the future, great nickname. I don't know if the future is now, but taking on Montana uh, De La Rosa here. De La Rosa getting some plus money on the comeback as Barber is a pretty solid favorite at minus $1.80. She's had some hiccups here, but you got to love her toughness here and still relatively, when you talk about 23 against 27, De La Rosa is not exactly over the hill by any stretch. What do you make of this matchup? Are you seeing the money come in on Barber? We're seeing the money come in on De La Rosa. Early Ooh. on, it was a little bit Barber money, but more so on De La Rosa. I think the hype and the mystique around Barber is kind of fading a little bit. Oh, yeah, you know, she was, off. she was on her way to possibly becoming the youngest UFC champ ever. The hype was there, but now it's been derailed a little bit. I think people are disappointed with some of her performances in the octagon. But, I think that's a good bounce back spot for her. A lot of people are kind of countering her out in this, in this certain situation, this matchup. 
De La Rosa, obviously, the path to victory for is on the ground, right? Yes. It's got to be wrestling, obviously, for De La Rosa. Uh, you know, Macy probably wants to keep this thing standing yeah. if she can and try to get that knockout. And again, when you look at the over-under, juiced heavily to the over here at uh, over uh, 250, the under right now, plus money at a plus $1.90. Barbara is going to try to get her out of there. De La Rosa might be the one that, you know, winning by decision, you could see that's plausible, plus mm-hmm. 550 if you like the underdog here. But if you do like the Macy and maybe shorten that money, KOTKO DQ plus 330, that might not be a bad spot to get in. It's not. I think it's it's possibly live, man. Because, look, De La Rosa, again, she's going to, we said, implement that takedown plan. The game plan is to get her to the floor. You're right. I think if she wins, it's probably on the scorecards mm-hmm. by decision. I mean, there's sub possibilities there as well, but I think Barbara can neutralize that. But Barbara on the feet hits hard. Yes. Extremely hard. And the, the uh, one flaw on the other side of things is that a lot of time we'll end up seeing De La Rosa get marked up a lot. She's very hittable in fights, right? She gets busted up. Well, if she's getting busted up in previous fights, she's really going to get busted up in this fight if it stays on the feet. So that's why I think Barbara has a shot to finish. So if you're looking at plus 330, yeah, it's definitely worth a look at that prop for sure. I talk with Nick Kalikas again. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Fight Odds. A man sets these odds right here in combat sports behind me at Circus Sportsbooks. So let's get to the co-main event here. The Carpenter's back in there. The ageless one that is Clay Guida. He's going to have hair everywhere, and he's going to be coming at all angles. This is what he does against Claudio Puelas here. Now, this is, look at the age difference here. We're, we're talking about a 14-year age variance. You would think that plays to the to the underdog here uh, in this case, which would be Puelas, which is a bit of a surprise to me. Clay Guida here at $1.15. It, 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 do you worry that the youngster might get blitzed with the volume that you know Guida's going to put on him? That's the thing. The people that are betting the Guida side, and we have had two-way sharp action in this fight, so there's conflicting opinions for sure that are coming in. We got hit with a Puella side early on with sharp action. Now we're getting hit with sharp action back on the Guida side. The people that are betting Guida are betting him because of that pace, that pressure, the wrestling aspect of things, and they're thinking he's not going to get submitted and he can survive that. So that's why they're betting Guida. He probably wins on the scorecards if it goes that route. That's what most people are thinking. But Puelas is going to make it a lot closer than everybody thinks. I mean, he's got that finishing ability that continues to improve a little bit. Guida has been caught in some subs throughout his career off and on as well. So if he makes that mistake, Puelas is very capable of finishing this fight. Yeah, there it is. And I'm with you. If you like the Guida side, plus 425. Because, excuse me, that's for, for by by uh, by by finish. You would think decision plus $1.50. Mm-hmm. That would make more logical sense. You're not getting a huge variance there, minus $1.15 just to win. But by decision for Guido would be plus 150 It would be tougher for Puelas, I believe, to get a decision victory just because the work output that, that Guido tends to do. But KO, TKO, DQ, plus $7, that might not be a bad option there. No, it's not. And again, and Puelas, I was touching on his submission ability, but I think he can land a flush knee. His power sure. on the feet's getting a little bit better. Guida is hittable. And again, at 40 years old, even though we've seen the durability kind of withstand with Guido overall, he's still at that point where eventually that chin is going to get worse. You know, father time Age, yeah, yes. it catches up to all of us, right? <laughs> yeah. So I think despite Puelas not being known for that heavy hitting knockout artist, I mean, in this spot here, he's going to have his opportunity. So plus 700 might not be a bad look. I actually think that that could be in play there. But again, it just win by finish. If you think that's the way Puelas has to get it done, plus 250 is not a bad option either. If you don't know if it's going to be KO, TKO, DQ, or sub, then maybe you want to take that plus money at plus 250 if you like Puelas on that side. Uh, we got a, an opponent for Alexander Romanov, and it is Chase Sherman. Uh, obviously, you can understand why Chase is going to be a relatively big dog here uh, in this spot. you got to lay 1,500 here if you want to go with Romanov. Uh, Chase Sherman, the comeback is 850. Look, you got to like the, the idea that Chase says, yeah, I'll step in. But sometimes it feels like the lamb's going to slaughter. <laughs> Absolutely. I think he's kind of stepping in here to 
almost save his roster spot because he'll probably get another opportunity because he is stepping in on short notice, right? And he's on that kind of cut line as far as the heavyweight You're doing us goes. a favor for, for right. the organization. Possibly, yeah. I mean, so... But you're seeing the line like it is here. We're not going to get a lot of action on this fight. If anything, no. we're going to get some dog bets because Sherman's not a bad heavyweight no. for sure. But stylistically, all it's going to probably take is one takedown here. Well, yeah. When, when you're going 15 and 0 here with Romanov, you can understand why this is going to be a really tough spot for Chase Sherman. And I'm sure Romanov will be on a ton of parlays. Yeah. Is what you would expect to see, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, before the fight was canceled, you know, and, and again, Sherman is stepping out like you just said in short notice. We were getting a ton of parlays on him as well before that. So now. 1500 is a little bit harder to parlay him, but people are going to blindly put him in there. Got about 50 seconds to go, Nick. I got to get your thoughts because I always like to pick your brain. Is there any fight anywhere else on this card that you think you've seen some value in so far? Man, I'll tell you what. It's the Barry Alt and Wright fight. I mean, that fight is going to be fireworks for sure. It got put together a little bit matched again with yep. uh, a short notice replacement, so to speak. Barry Alt coming in here, he is getting the action right now. That's that's crazy, though, because I'm thinking, we're seeing so much handle coming into this fight, right? The very old side's getting bet up, then we're seeing some action back on right, too. And again, that fight's going to be fireworks because I don't think it's going to go very long at all. Somebody's getting knocked out. I mean, we've seen right. He comes out so aggressive. There's going to be a finish. Go Great down. stuff, as always, from Nick Licks. Also, check him out, UFC on the line on ESPN. We are back with Lou Finicaro next on First Strike on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 infinity qx80 join us march 20th live from the edge at hudson yards in new york city featuring an unforgettable performance by grammy and academy award-winning singer songwriter and composer john batiste the all-new infinity qx80 is unlike any luxury suv you've ever seen Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and futures for MMA events. So eligibility restrictions do apply, but see DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, I'm your host, Dave Ross. It is always a pleasure to be joined by the one and only Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at GamBlue. And, uh, Lou, this is an interesting fight card, and I think we find as the week goes on, we have some replacement fighters that had, had to hop in on short notice. 
But there are some intriguing bouts that I wanted to, to for you to bring to the uh, viewers and listeners' attention here. And let's start off with Lando Veneta against Charles Jordan because Jordan right now a small favorite in this one at about minus a dollar fifteen, a dollar five here on Veneta. What do you make of this matchup, and do you think it could be sneaky fight of the night potential? Well, Dave, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, this is a it can be a tricky fight card, but the closer we get to it, the more I believe I'm seeing, and the the more angles I like. I I do like an angle in this fight, and uh, the the one that I see physically, these men are about the same. Uh, they fight similarly. They're aggressive strikers. Venata, maybe more flamboyant and and uh, wide with his strikes and his kicks. Uh, Jordan maybe a little more pressuring and direct and straight with his shots. Uh, the big difference is about 10 years in age. And in a fight between two cardio machines that are going to kind of be striking one another for 15 minutes, uh, this fight is lined heavily to the over two and a half. Uh, I, I think that there's really a decent uh, amount to be said for Jordan, who opened minus 150. They've bet Venata a little bit. I, I don't understand why, but uh, he is a solid fighter. He was late to step on the scale, looked a little drawn to me today. I will side with the younger fighter here, uh, either straight up minus 110, minus 115, or via decision if you want to get a plus price. Yeah, four, age, uh, four years age difference here, uh, 30 and 26 in this matchup here. So you see some of those uh, prices there that you want to get on on the prop side as well, because again, this could be a very interesting fight. And again, if you think it might go under uh, to your point here, Lou, a plus a dollar 50 on that under two and a half rounds, it's juiced heavily to the over right now at a dollar 85. I always love the way that you glean what you can see here, certainly from these weigh-ins and Jessica Andrade here in the main event, cutting back down to 115. Look, she had a lot of success at 125, but of course the former champion here, at 115, taking on her countrywoman in Amanda Lemos here, Battle of Brazil. What did you see in the weight cut? She's never really had a problem traditionally making 115. Is it still the same for Andrade that she's as professional as ever and that really shouldn't be a decision uh, to be too concerned about? Not when she's the first to step on the scale as she was today. Message sent. I read it loud and clear. Uh, this is going to be a great fight. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. So again, makes that weight easily. She's now Priced at over $2 here. Lou, I know normally you don't like to lay a big price tag here with, with a favorite in the main event like this. Is there another angle to this fight that you might like with the Andrade against Lemos? All right. Earlier in the week, it, it, on, on Wednesday at Point Spread Weekly, she was minus 170, and I used her in a gimmicky, two, you know, open-ended parlay. Uh, that price is gone, so it's no fair talking about it. If you're looking at that fight now, I'd still consider Andrade fodder, parlay material for one side. Uh, more importantly, I like this fight to see some time. And so uh, the fight to start round three, minus 170, that's a chalky price, but I like it. I also like the fight to start round five, plus 120 or 125. I, I think what we're going to see here is a fighter in Lemos that's big, strong, aggressive, and game. And I think we're going to see a very tough, determined ex-champion in Andrade, and nobody's going anywhere quick in this one. Yeah, and I got to think, Lou, right, that if you're the challenger here, uh, Amanda's going to want to try to get this fight down to the ground. You normally don't want to swing, and I know at 115 pounds, 
a lot of people that think there's not power there. Ask Carolina Kovacavich if there's power in Jessica Andrade's uh, two-piece there. She can get you out of there quickly. So because of that, you think that this fight might see the ground? Because I can't imagine that Lemos is going to want to stand and, and, and dance inside that squared circle in that octagon. Lemos, in fact, I believe has to stand inside the square octagon. That's her angle. Listen, when Andrade has been beat, it was at 125, albeit it was against Shevchenko and Wiley Zhang. What are they? Big, strong, physical, hunch you, walk you down, strike you, and bully the bully. And Andrade is a bully. And if she can bully Lemos, it may not go very long. I don't believe she's going to be able to. I believe Lemos' style is to walk her down and these are going to be two rams meeting on the side of the mountain and banging in the middle. And I think this fight's going to be very highly competitive, but I, I really think it's going to last four or five rounds into decision. Okay, so if it does go over three and a half, there's plus money right now. DraftKings plus ten to go over three and a half rounds. Let's get to the co-main event of the evening. You know, I always say it, age is just a number. Clay Guida is trying to live that moniker right now. Uh, right now, about even money against Claudio Puelas here. Minus $1.15. He's got, taken a little bit of the money this week to go up from $1.10. What do you make of the Carpenter? He's 40 years young, but he goes out there and, Lou, it never seems like he slows down. Can he keep up that pace against the much younger Puelas? Well, that's the big question here. I mean, you got you got Guida, who's the ever-ready bunny, and he has a wealth of experience. And his last two fights, wins against Billy Q and Leonardo Santos, are too, totally impressive. Uh, that said, he is 40, and he's going to be in against a kid that since he moved 18 months ago to Sanford MMA is getting the best training. He's been on all the talk shows this week. Mm-hmm. Puelas is loving that microphone in front of his face, and now it's put up or shut up time, and I'm going to believe that he puts up this fight, Puelas via decision plus 250, in a fight that's aligned over two and a half minus 200. I'm going to try Puelas via the, the decision here. I think he's too young, too tall, too long, and too able to keep Guida into a striking match in this fight. Well, there it is, trying to find that uh, big-time plus money there in Puelas, and you can get that by decision, because a lot of people don't think that Guida can get Puelas out of there. And you see Guida plus $1.50 to go uh, to a decision. And again, for the fight just to go there, minus $1.75. You can understand why, uh, certainly with Lou, with your handicap there. Let's get back to the ladies here. Macy Barber, she was once known as the future. I think the future is still possibly out there for her. We talked to Nick Likas earlier in the show. She said some money came in early on Montana De La Rosa. She's now plus $1.55 here. What do you make of Barber? Because she is just 23 I mean, the fast track here at 125 pounds. Is this a fight that not only that she has to win, Lou, but she has to look impressive if she really wants to get back into a possible matchup with Valentina Shevchenko? Well, those are the kinds of things that we like to talk about, but I don't know necessarily that the fighters think about. What she needs is a win, and she just wants to get back in the win track and really get her momentum going. She go, she works at Alpha Male, and typical of those fighters, she's an unrelenting pressure fighter moving forward. Uh, she's, she's meaner, and uh, she is only 23, and I think she's still learning greatly. Uh, Montana, on the other hand, longer, taller, works at T. 
elevation. She's going to be in dynamic fit and physical shape, no question about it. Uh, but I don't really think that the, the length and reach help her in the striking whatsoever. She's more a submission fighter. And I view Macy as too mean, too strong, and in too good a position here. Barber via decision plus 120 is the way I would lean with this one. Yeah, there it is. And again, if you think Macy can get it done with the hands there in the KOTKODQ, that's plus 330. Dale Rosa, to your point there, Lou. She's going to try to get this fight down to the ground and maybe try to look for that decision, or excuse me, look for a submission. That would be plus $8 if she can get it done as a, as a big underdog for that to actually happen. I do want to get your thoughts. Uh, certainly when you have Romanoff in here and we get a late second replacement here in Chase Sherman, you can understand why Chase is such a huge underdog here, plus 850. Any chance to pull the upset on the undefeated 31-year-old in Romanoff here at 15-0? Well, you have to say there's some kind of a lightning strikes in a bottle chance. But realistically, uh, here's Romanov that weighed 260 in his last weigh-in. And he's fighting a guy of less capability than he fought last time he fought. And now he weighs in at 240. And he looked just ripped and cut. He's a scary man. To me, he took a page out of Tom Aspinall. And just like Tiger Woods changed golf, Tom Aspinall (laughs) might be changing the heavy weight division just a little bit oh, it's absolutely fascinating great comparison there because again we, we've got some young blood in the heavyweight division you mentioned Aspinall here Romanov uh, going to be on display here in the main card as well uh, very quickly here got about 40 seconds Lou, uh, the bout business podcast uh, tell the people what they get when they listen each and every week Each week, there's a UFC card. There's a 16-minute podcast that tracks results and keeps a running total. Thus far this year, we're 33 and 41, showing about a 5 or 6% return on investment. It's a year-long pursuit. It's a grind, but we love doing it. It's all about business, and thanks so much for mentioning it, Dave. Absolutely. Lou Finicaro, everybody. Follow him on Twitter, at Gamblu. Great UFC and MMA information each and every week. When we come back, going to go to Chicago and check in with Jordan Sherwood, get his thoughts on this fight night preview. Come on back. It's First Strike right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, Elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. 
Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Want more betting insights to give you an edge? Well, check out VEASAN's Best Bets podcast. You can listen to daily sports betting highlights from the entire 24-7 stream of VEASAN experts tracking line moves and odds and props, wins and losses, and bad beats from sportsbooks in Vegas and all across the country. Download the VEASAN Best Bets podcast now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Dave Ross back here on First Strike. Always a pleasure to be joined by Jordan Sherwood out of Chicago, ESPN Chicago, and check him out and follow him on Twitter as I do at Wood on 1063. Jordan, let's get to the podcast very quickly. I know it still doesn't have a name, but without a name, the pod's still doing pretty darn good in Chicago and beyond, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It's growing uh, in popularity, especially when we give out picks like Bilal Muhammad. Uh, last week on the show, you know, shy town guy got it back to hometown, uh, but he he performed brilliantly, and it's yeah, it's it's coming along. Obviously, as you know, all these audio capabilities. So happy to happy to have it growing, and happy to be here to talk with you about some uh, UFC fights tomorrow night. Absolutely, Jordan. You know, Bilal's nickname is remember the name, and you don't even have to remember the name of yours because it's the unnamed podcast. That's why I love it. Uh, let's get to this uh, card, and it should be a, as you really start to look into it. Certainly, there's some valuable uh, possible handicaps that we've seen in it. And I did want to go right to the top of the mountain here in the main event, and that is uh, Jessica Andrade coming back down to 115 pounds where she was the former champion there when she beat Rose Namajunas. Uh, now taking on her countrywoman and Amanda Glimos here. Uh, it, it feels like right now the money has been coming in on Andrade as the week has gone. Talked to Nick Likas earlier in the show. He said early on it came in on Amanda, but then it's really boomeranged here uh, going back to the former champ. What do you make of this matchup, and what's your best angle for this fight? Yeah, and I'm not shocked by the money coming back in on Andrade because I think she should be favored and, and favored almost to the level that she she currently is at that price at, at 210. Um, I was a little bit you know hesitant to pull the trigger until I saw her on the scale earlier today. She looked fine, so the weight cut, not an issue. And, and like in every fight, no matter what weight class she is, she's going to give up some size. She's going to give up some length. But I just don't see an area where Amanda Lemos is going to have the advantage if it's on the feet and then you know, obviously, if the fight gets to the ground and we saw in Lemos's last fight, cardio was an issue in a three round fight against Angela Hill. And, mm-hmm. and a lot of people scored that fight for Angela Hill. And it was a split decision victory for for Amanda Lemos. So I think Jessica Andrade is the play. I think just her, her skill set, her power is going to cause some issues for for Amanda Lemos. The issue for Andrade, as always, is she's going to have to deal with the distance and, and, and figure out a way to get in the pocket and land, you know, those. Brutal body shots uh, that we saw uh, she can showcase. Maybe utilize a slam like she, as you just alluded to, with the, the knockout of a Rose Nam and Eunice. But, yeah, I love Andrade in this fight. Maybe a lean just a little bit more on the over just because I, I think, you know, outside of uh, what I consider a flash kind of TKO loss for Amanda Lemos, she's she's a distance fighter, point fighter, so Andrade is going to have to really land something to to put her away, especially what we know in women's fights. Uh, so. Uh, Andrade is the play for me. I like her to win the fight. Again, and if we do like the over there, you can get plus money, three and a half rounds at plus $1.10. If you like uh, Andrade by decision, that's over $2. You can get there at plus $2.25. So maybe some different ways to handicap this thing if we think the former champion is going to be 
who we've known her to be throughout her career. I, I did want to get to uh, Mark Andre Barrio uh, against uh, Jordan Wright here, and you can understand that uh, Mark Andre here almost a two dollar betting favorite against Jordan Wright. But I think that you think that this fight might be a little bit uh, decided sooner rather than later. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, look at Jordan Wright. I mean, Jordan Wright either wins in the first round or loses <laughs> in the first or second round. I mean, he's a guy that just is a is a kill or be killed. And Andre Burial is going to give him the fight. I mean, granted, probably at the end of the day, Burial is going to want to get this fight to the ground, but he's going to have to, you know, go through fire to get there. And I'm not sure about the quick turnaround for Burial. Uh, he got just absolutely annihilated by uh, Chidi and Chikolati, his last fight. I think the recovery, you know, you never know with a knockout like that if, if the recovery is, is, is too soon for him. Jordan Wright is going to give him the fight that he wants, stand in the middle of the cage. And I think Burial's pressure is going to cause some issues for Jordan Wright. We saw that before. Jordan Wright either gets a little bit excited, like he did against Bruno Silva, and then he gets knocked out, or he just gets pressured like Joaquin Buckley did and knocked, and gets knocked out. So I think this fight definitely doesn't go to the judges' scorecards. <laughs> I don't think it makes it to the end of the second round. The under at one and a half is my recommendation on this, uh, on this and you're going to get plus money on it. Because uh, I think we're going to see a knockout relatively early in this fight. Yeah, there, again, good value there if it does go under uh, a round and a half there. You, you know, also conversely, you look at Dean Barry on uh, the first fight here in the prelims against Mike Jackson. You know, Mike Jackson's an interesting guy. We all remember when he fought CM Punk in Chicago. I thought Dana White said he was never going to fight in the UFC again, but he is still here. Uh, and right now he's a, a rather huge underdog here. You can imagine his Barry is minus 1375. But you see a different angle, obviously, uh, than laying a huge price tag like that. What is it? Yeah, of course. Look, I mean, look, I, I like the story about Mike Jackson, but but the dude is an MMA photographer uh, and a, like a journalist. He's not a fighter. He's not. So like, he's going to the cage and he's going against a guy that's a, you know a relatively big time prospect that that the UFC you know is 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 big on. Yeah, yeah, sure, it's a big price to play uh, on Barry. So why not go in the under and why not go uh, for him via TKL? I mean, Jackson doesn't deserve to be fighting in the UFC and no disrespect to him and bought him for doing what he did and, and taking the fight with CM Punk and taking the fight against uh, Mickey Gall. But like, he shouldn't be in the UFC uh, and Barry should. So Barry should smash him very early in this fight. Uh, and that's why I like him in the under, and I like him inside the distance. Yeah, and get Barry KO here, minus $1.65. I can't, I can't, I can't get, get more analysis. I can't <laughs> give you more analysis. The guy doesn't deserve to be in the UFC, but he's fighting in the UFC. So I, I think I think the uh, the boss man agrees with you, and I believe this is the end of the contract, so it might be the last time that you can wager against Mike Jackson here and try to, to make some profit uh, that way. I, I am curious when you look at the Carpenter and you mentioned Chicago guys and Clay Guida, we know how, how much of a worker he is. It's just what he does. It's his style. He's going to try to smother the young kid here in Claudio Puelas, and I said, kid, at 26 versus 40, my goodness, that's a huge age variance here. In almost a pick em fight here, which way would you go? Disadvantage for Clay Guida for performing as brilliantly as he did his last time out. It's the same fight. Pajas now is not going to succumb. He's not going to empty the gas tank like Santos did. Uh, so Clay Guida is going to have to fight smart. Yes, he'll rely on his cardio and his double legs and his wrestling. But I think Pajas is going to be prepared for that. He's got some Muay Thai that, that Guida is going to have to deal with. So probably going to wait on this fight until whatever fighter is plus money. I'm leaning Pohas, and I think he wins it on the judges' scorecards. Clay Guida is such a difficult fighter to finish. Well, exactly. It's almost impossible to finish Clay Guida. And to that point, if you can get him out of there, you get a nice uh, price and certainly a plus money 
if you think Pueyes can do that, it's almost $7 KOTKODQ. Sub, if they can get it done that way, uh, 350 But, you know, it's interesting because win by decision at plus 250 feels nice. And you see plus money also for Clay Guida. But it's hard to beat Guida on the cards, too, because of his activity, right? That that sometimes Jordan, even though it doesn't look like he's doing a whole lot, he's doing something, and sometimes that resonates with the judges. Is that a bit of a concern here if you want to go playlist by decision? Yeah, I mean, look, he's going to be on the defensive the entire fight. I, I expect he'll be up against the cage and try to you know prevent the double legs. But yeah, Pojas is going to have to keep this fight in the middle of the octagon, utilize his Muay Thai, utilize his athleticism, his reach, avoid that overhand right from, from Clay Guida. Uh, I mean, it's a fight that Clay Guida should win. And again, he just won it. We saw him as a plus two, two, $2 underdog win it the last time out. But I think that's an advantage again for Pajas. Seeing that game plan, understanding it, and you know, figuring out ways to prevent it. So Pojas probably via decision is going to be my play, and I'm going to play Pojas outright. All right. It's, it should be a very interesting stylistic fight, and certainly young versus the old. And sometimes when you have a guy like Clay Guida, he knows he's 40, and he knows that every time he's out there, sometimes people think, oh, it could be the last time we see Clay Guida. Uh, we'll find out if that's, in fact, the case. But again, about minus $1.15 right now. Uh, here as we're seeing as we get closer and closer to fight night. i uh, got a, about a minute and a half to go here, Jordan. I did want to get to what is, I think, could be a sneaky fight of the night uh, possibility. Lando Veneta against Charles Jordan here. Uh, minus 115 for Jordan. But you think there's a, a bigger plus value here in this fight. What do you see? Yeah, yeah. what gives it away that this can be fight of the night? I mean, these two guys <laughs> are just animals out there. Uh, also, kill or be killed, variety of striking. I think Lando Venata's issue is that Charles Jordan has a lot of power in those variety of strikes. And Lando Venata, I think I read the stat, I'm sure you know it, like number three all time in absorbed strikes <laughs> in the featherweight division. That's not something that you want to like boast on your resume, no. especially against a guy, Charles Air Jordan, who I think looked great in his last fight uh, against Andre Yule. Uh, Lando Venata, you know, had a split decision win. Uh, I think Jordan via TKO is worth a look, even though Lando Venata is not a guy you typically finish, but Charles Jordan hits like a ton of bricks, keeps coming after you. And Lando Venata is not going to be able to utilize uh, that, that strategy of I'll take a punch to give out two because that one punch likely puts his lights out. Yeah, no question about it. And I'm right there with you. This does have fight of the night uh, written all over it. Uh, Jordan, always appreciate the time and the information, my friend. And again, uh, it's a great uh, unnamed podcast that you have going on right now in Chicago. Got to check it out wherever you get your podcast. When we come back, Reed Kuhn is going to join us from Washington, D.C. and see what his model's like for this fight night. Come on back. It is First Strike on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. 
smart enough to anticipate your needs even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Back here on First Strike on Visa in the Sports Betting Network. I am Dave Ross. Always a pleasure to be joined by Reed Kuhn from Washington, D.C. Of course, follow him on Twitter as I do at Fightnomics. And Reed, I like to do this every so often here. We've been doing this show now, uh, I believe, since last summer. But for those new to the uh, viewing space here on First Strike on Visa, I always talk about your models. For those that don't know exactly what your models are, can you tell the people how you get to, uh, to where you get to with your picks each and every week on these UFC cards. Yeah, it's, it's similar to other sports. You know, you want to let history inform the future. You want to look at prior performance, see how that translates into matchups. So we're, of course, looking at performance metrics for both fighters in the matchup. We're also looking at traditional tail-of-the-tape factors like age and reach and stance. Uh, but we're also factoring in some stylistic data. Um, what are the styles? What are the specialties of each guy? One thing that's different about mixed martial arts and maybe baseball uh, is that these guys come from wildly different backgrounds. You know, a, a collegiate wrestler versus someone who was purely a kickboxer, and then they transition into MMA. So all of these things come together, and we're trying to factor everything in, understand what's important, and then see who deserves the edge against the betting line. Not only do I find it fascinating, it's also profitable. So this is why, again, you need to check them out. Fightnomics also is the author of a book of the same title. Reed, let's get into the models and what they see for this fight here, because obviously when you go to the main event, you do have a, a lot of data here for these two Brazilians in Lemos against Andrade here. We've seen the money come in on Andrade here, steamed over to $2 now, uh, opened up around $1.70, but we've seen a lot of the money come in on the former champ at one we We've talked about this before, Reed, but when you see fighters switching, uh, going from 125 down to 115, does that factor in new data for you? Do you just use the 115 data, or do you also factor in what you did at 125? It could be selective. I think in this case, it doesn't hurt to include all of it. And Drive spent the majority of her career at straw weight and then dabbled at flyweight, and now she's coming back down. Um, I, I, so I'm just going to create that as a, as a wash. I'm going to compare all metrics as they are. Uh, but to your point, I mean, when you look at this on paper, I was immediately struck and thought, whoa, the underdog is looking pretty good here. Mm -hmm. She has very sharp hands, 44% accuracy on power strikes, 49% of her jabs actually land. Um, and she has a big range advantage. So she's someone who is very large for her weight class, at least in terms of range and, and frame. So she has looked pretty good in using her striking effectively. Um, now, Andrade is 
probably she's well known for being an aggressive striker. Uh, but the difference is the level of competition here. And I think that's that's where it brought me back to reality. And I thought, OK, they look fairly even on paper, but Andrade has faced consistently difficult talent, you know, top talent, lots of title fights. Uh, and done well in those matchups, whereas Limos has kind of cruised through some competition, that tends to inflate your stats. So when you have people coming from opposite ends of the competitive spectrum, that's when you might see the performance metrics and think one thing, but you got to come back to reality. Uh, so I'm now leaning towards Andrade here after factoring it all in. Uh, I, I think she has better all-around MMA. If she has trouble on the feet, she can obviously go to the ground if she wants to. Limos is unlikely to do that. Uh, and Andrade is just used to being in with the best. So I think she will take a few things, adjust accordingly, and still dish it out. I know maybe your models don't have yet a, a definitive stance on the the total rounds here. And we're seeing right now plus money, plus $1.10 for over three and a half rounds, uh, juice to the under at $1.40. But when you look stylistically what the models have shown you, what style of fight do you think we might see? We know Andrade is, look, I've talked about it before, the, the two-piece against uh, Karolina Kovalkiewicz to get her out of there. The slam heard round uh, the 115-pound division when she took the belt from Rose Namajunas in Brazil. What style of fight do the numbers show? Do we think it's going to be they stay standing, or do you think that uh, eventually Lemos might even want to try to take this down to the ground? Yeah, I don't know if Lemos is the one that wants to be on the ground, to mm. be honest. Now, she has done well there. She just hasn't really taken it there very often. Um, yeah, she's only She only has seven uh, takedown attempts throughout her entire UFC career. So I think it would be strange for her to initiate, whereas Jessica Andrade has 68 career takedowns, and she's, t she's attempting them at a much higher pace. So regardless of whether we look at you know, takedown accuracy, it's kind of a wash. It's the attempt rate that counts here. That shows the intent of the fighter to want to change levels. Lemos is probably not going to be the one to do that. All right, fascinating to see how this stylistically, uh, this fight might uh, make its way on Saturday night. So keep an eye on that before you go into those total round props here where you think this might actually go. Let's get to the co-main event because I know you have tons of data when it comes to Clay Guida. That's not going to be a problem for your models against uh, Claudio Puelas here. So you know what Guida wants to do. You know he wants to try to use those hands, use that mobility, and eventually try to get some double legs and take this fight down to the ground. What are the models showing here in this fight? Again, 40-year-old guy against a 26-year-old. What are the numbers showing you? Yeah, and first to confirm your point, yeah, tons of data. 372 <laughs> minutes on Guida. That means he has spent over six hours wow. actively fighting in the octagon. That's actual fight time. Uh, but, you know, he's on the wrong side of 40 now. Then again, the guy is genetically different. Let's just acknowledge that. There is something, there is some battery that exists in his body that other people <laughs> don't have. He has the ability to just keep moving at a very high pace. That is something that should decline with age. For him, it doesn't, doesn't seem to go anywhere. 14-year um, age gap here with Puelas. Uh, so you mentioned the wrestling of Guida. That has always been his base. That's where he came from. And then he added this, like, very busy, frenetic style of striking on top of that, um, where he really swings for the fences. And when he lands, he can put people down. But a lot of the times he looks ineffective against a technical striker. But his wrestling is the threat. He attempts takedowns at twice the average rate. But then we look at Puelas. He's attempting takedowns at three times the normal rate wow. of a wrestler. So this is an interesting grappling fight because Puelas already has two knee bars in the UFC. He doesn't have a lot of fights. 
uh, but he has been very effective. And so that could cause some caution with Guida. I wonder if he's going to choose to box with Puelas. Um, now, the numbers, uh, the betting line, first of all, is extremely tight. My lean here is on Puelas. I think that's where the play is. Um, you don't normally see me backing a guy who's 14 years older to begin with. So I think that probably affects our models. Uh, but the the submission threat that Puelas has, which is greater than Guida's, could be something that nullifies Guida's ground attack. And that could force some more stand-up. And another interesting metric, Guida has been hit in the head uh, more times than anybody on this card throughout his career. He's actually in the top 10 all time. So when you think about is a fighter at their peak, I know he's talking about fighting beyond his current contract, staying in the game, and he probably would be competitive. But head damage is something you cannot undo. And accumulation does count. So I'm leaning Puelas here. I'm not sure how it shakes out, especially with the grappling. But it is an interesting matchup, and it's a very efficient line. So uh, I'm going to go with Puelas. Yeah, 14 years, the junior here. Sometimes that can be to an advantage here. Again, Clay Guida, though, showing not, not a whole lot of signs of slowing down here. As we talk with Reed Kuhn, follow him on Twitter, at Fightnomics. I do want to get what I think could be the fight of the night here in Veneta against Jordan here. Jordan, a small favorite here, about $1.15. Uh, Veneta, $1.05 here. What do you make of this matchup here in the main card? Because it does feel like... Three rounds. I don't know if we're going to get all three in this one, Reed. Yeah, I'm like, I like that you called out this is a potential fight of the night. It really does look like that. You have two gifted strikers who are willing to engage. And, you know, in the last fight, we, we talked about all the takedown, high takedown rates of the two fighters. This is an instance where two guys are more reluctant than usual to attempt takedowns. Um, Jordan, almost none at all. I think he only has one takedown attempt. Uh, so you line these guys up and they're striking. Jordan looks like the more dangerous striker. He has a higher knockdown rate. He has uh, better accuracy, better defense. So those things do add up. Venata, another guy who has taken a lot of beatings um, in much less time than Guida has, <laughs> he's accumulated, which means he's, he's willing to stand and trade and have a shootout. I don't know if that ends well with Jordan. Jordan has been getting better and better. He was a very young fighter when he started in the UFC. Uh, sometimes you got to give people some time to develop. Charles Jordan could be pretty pretty slick in that division, and this is a perfect fight for him to show off because Venata is going to be a willing dance partner, and those are the ingredients that you normally see in a fight of the night is those guys that just are willing to stand and trade and bang it out. Got about 60 seconds to go here. Did want to sneak in Tyson Pedro, a huge favorite, over six hours against Ike Villanueva here. What do you make of this matchup, and uh, do you think there's any danger here with a big favorite in Pedro? I'm back in Pedro here, at least statistically speaking, the numbers are all on his side. He is more accurate, more powerful, uh, rangier. He's even younger. Um, so he has all the advantages should they stand in trade, which is likely Villanueva doesn't have a lot of takedown attempts. Um, but there's this huge layoff. So you don't know how stale that data is with Pedro. Uh, but at least on paper, he is definitely the justifiable favorite. And Villanueva has been knocked down a, f a few times. And Pedro will test the chin, and he has the power. So maybe the better play is uh, for an under or a knockout. All right, let's see if Pedro can get that done and, and then shorten that price tag there of 630 that he has against Villanueva. Hey, Reed, always appreciate the time, the information, my friend. It is great. And again, follow him on Twitter at Fightnomics. I want to thank Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finicaro, and Nick Kalikas for joining us each and every week. It is First Strike. Enjoy the fights, and we'll see you next week right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 